Hey, everyone. Welcome to my show, my so-called fabulous. Welcome, everyone. It is so good to talk to you. And you are watching me on YouTube. Follow along if you have not subscribed, but welcome to the show. And I am so excited. You have to tune in and watch us because this will be a good one. I have back for the, oh my goodness, is this the fourth time? Fourth time. Eek! Okay. Henry Abuto is yes. in my studio. Welcome. I am here. Thank you so much for having me again. Oh my gosh. It's so good to see you it again. It's good to see you. You know, um, I just adore you. Aww. And um, you are my friend. Yes. Thank you. You are my friend. The feeling is mutual. So. I know. No, it's so great. Well, thank you. And you were here. Let me let me give y'all a rundown because I want you to go back to episode number 61. <laughs> this is episode 140-ish. Um, to, once, uh, to, to episode 61, it was back in 2021. You came on with your friend, Tony Green. I our did. Friend. <laughs> we recorded about two hours is what we did, but it's so we, good. We had a good conversation. We did. And it was the first time I met y'all. Yeah. And um, it was just a lot. It was during a volatile time in the world. Ooh. It was just a crazy, you know, coming through. We went through COVID. We're still going through yeah. COVID, aren't we? Dear? I'm over it. <laughs> I know. Somebody just told me they had COVID yesterday. I mean, I know. Yeah. We are but, over it. Yeah. You know, I, air quotes. But then you came back with seven on episode 73, Better Not Bitter. Yes. And you and John and help me out here. I can't uh, remember. John uh, McDonald. Yes. And uh, look at us. We can't even remember. And now um, Coach Walker wasn't there. Yeah. Coach so. Walker. There was another gentleman there. Maybe. Oh, yes. Um, Jackson. What's his last name is Jackson. And yes. So, yeah. but, yes, uh -huh. yes. 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 Yep. So we were promoting the, the documentary. This is my story. Yeah. This is my story about three black men and their story. Um, and it was just incredible talking. And, you know, as a white woman, um, 58 years old, I've grown up and I've seen so, so much. And it was really interesting to see a perspective and hopefully to open the hearts and minds mm -hmm. of so many of our community. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that was a great episode that spurred a lot of dialogue. So that was probably a highlight for me of that year was sitting with you and just having that dialogue Talking with us on a panel. Yeah. You know, then you came back a couple of weeks later and we talked with Devin Goodman, you. You were the storyteller in the documentary. Mm -hmm. And then Kathleen Kubra with um, Amphibian, Amphibian State Stage. Productions. Yeah. Oh, no. And Andrew is in the corner, our producer. He sometimes works, right? You work with Amphibian. Yeah, with her specifically. I love that. Yeah, Kathleen's oh, great. Isn't she oh, great? Amazing. So she was on the show. So Andrew's over there on occasion as well. So awesome. that was just great. Just learning how you selected the people for that show, for yeah. the documentary. And it was just, you know, you and many of my black friends have opened my eyes. Not that I needed a big awakening, yeah. but you really have on, on so many topics. Shift. Yeah, exactly. And, um, Changed my life. Aw, you know, thank you. Don't you agree that that's the question should be asked? Yes, it's like how can we interact with people in a meaningful way that spurs to change and spurs to think and act? Do you think we're changing? I think so. And so especially like, I mean, like we even said it on, we touched on it in that, I think it was the second episode I was on, 73, mm -hmm. um, with our culture's changing and specifically people in Kennedy, your daughter's generation. 
they I look at them. I'm just so proud of them. Just, oh my gosh. Like I have chills just even saying right? like they are not taking anything and they're just so fierce and so bold. And I think they're like, they're, yeah, they're watching us and they're learning from us. And I think they're taking the good and they're the bad. They're just like, nope, we're done with this. And so, and I love it. So. I know it is a different, and when Kennedy was in high school and I told, I told you this with Kathleen and Devin, um, I was so proud of that gen. I am so proud of that gen mm -hmm. gen generation. Kennedy in high school, just you know, I, it was just amazing because they are forcing change and accepting and pushing forward. Yeah. And um, it's it's just, I mean, it's just it makes you feel good. It's inspiring. It's inspiring. Sure. Yeah, That's it's inspiring. the exact yeah. words. Okay, you can go back and really listen in the two hours <laughs> that we podcast back on episode number sixty one. But Henry, tell us what you do. You're a storyteller. Oh. You're from Kenya. Yeah. But you're here now. You're I in Texas, here. right? Texas is home. Fort Worth is home. I was just telling someone this morning, I have lots and lots of deep pride and love for the 817 here in Fort Worth. So, Do you? Yeah. Um, I am. My name is Henry Buto. I am originally from Kenya. Uh, Fort Worth, Texas is home here in the States. I am 33 now. I know it's crazy. I met what? you. When I was, yeah, I know. <laughs> but Gosh, no. yes, I'm 33 <laughs> and I own and operate an event planning and catering company known as by Wasanga. Wasanga is my middle name. So I just kind of did something lazy and creative there. <laughs> um, when I'm not doing that, I am an avid, avid lover of dinner parties, listening to music, running, all things Texas, all things Beyonce. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I tend to find myself in teaching and speaking engagements, either on race, sexuality, Christianity, and just the intersection of those things as they intersect in my life. And uh, other than that, I enjoy being at home, hanging out with my dog and cooking. So Bishop. Bishop is my dog. Bishop, beautiful fabulous. pit bull pup. Yeah. I know. <laughs> so sweet. So you were telling me, if you follow uh, Henry on Instagram, it's pretty funny because Bishop, <laughs> he gave Bishop a bath here. A couple about of a weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> about a month ago. Yeah. About a month ago. And he's enlightening me. Every time I see Henry, he enlightens me a little bit more about uh, black culture. And yes. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? But he was, he was, he was giving Bishop a bath and Bishop was quite dirty. Mm -hmm. And he was saying, I've only been a couple of weeks. I bathe her regularly. I so. mean, I, I mean, and, and so you were saying, don't let your dog sleep on in your bed, furniture and uh, your beds. Uh, I can't, I don't understand how people do it. Your dogs do not belong in your bed, in your <laughs> sheets. Like this is a hill I will die on. Bury me on this hill. <laughs> so. Because I swear I, you know, Lala's my first and mm -hmm. only. And yeah. She's six. She sleeps in our bed, but um, she has her little pad. Yeah. But let me tell you, she gets up in my sheets on occasion. It's, mm -hmm. You're just disgusted by me. Yes. Aren't you? Well, first of all, <laughs> no. Let me tell you, why. I've always said if I like the next, I don't even know if I'd have another dog after Bishop because she's three, so I'm probably gonna have her for another twelve years. It's such a long time to think about, but. <laughs> Tiffany has turf at her house, and that's the way to go with the dog. The dog's not bringing grass in your house. The dog's not bringing dirt in your house. 
and your dog is on the smaller side of dogs. So it's like, I can handle a small dog. Yeah. The bishop is 75 pounds, oh. loves rolling around in the dirt and the grass all day long. And I just, checking that into my house, I just can't handle it. <laughs> so. so funny. Okay. And you said, you said black people do not. Black like. people do not do pets on furniture for the most part. Do you know how many black people are going to just let us have us on this? Uh, no. <laughs> because I do know black people that have pets on their furniture. And I'm like, I don't want to claim y'all right now. <laughs> Oh my gosh. You're so funny. Oh my gosh. Well, okay. So all you pet owners, you 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 can make that decision. Uh, but I get go back and look for it. <laughs> I bet you do. I bet you do. Well, um, we are so excited that you have um you've come this far because I have talked about on the podcast mm-hmm. before health, health issues, and I'm actually getting more and more into that because health is priceless. Health is freaking priceless. You can't afford to not be healthy. You, you can't. And I, you know, I always say, Henry, you have one body. Oh, like you have, and that's the thing is, so you have one body and one life. And so take care of it and be a good steward of it. Right. Because I, I really do see, and I know youth, but I see a lot of youth that take mm-hmm. care, takes care of their body. My daughter takes care yeah. of her body. Um, but, and I hope I've been a good example for mm-hmm. her. Oh, for sure. With your 5 a.m. workout. Okay. <laughs> I have to, I have to. But, you know, even though, um, and, and, and we're going to talk about your heart. Um, even though I take care of my body, last year was the worst year for my health. Mm. I mean, to tell you, I... I didn't know so many parts could break on me. I mean, all at once, right? All <laughs> at once, you know, menopause and 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 all the things that it just leads to. So anyway, it's it's just it's just um it's it's hard to really wrap my arms around this when people don't take care of their body. Mm. And I know affordable health care and health care, it's yeah. so expensive. There's so I many know. barriers, yeah. Oh my gosh, there's so many barriers. However, um your heart. Tell us about your heart. Yeah. So thank you for having me to talk about this. This is a topic that is very near and dear to my physical heart and my emotional heart in the sense. And we are having this conversation doing Heart Health Month, which yes, is February, February, the month of February. Yes. And it's also Black History Month. And That's so, right. I, gosh, I tell you. I mean, I'm just so with two podcasts. We to talk, talk about. That's yes. right. And so my heart, uh, I am a 33-year-old now. Well, yeah, I'm 33 um, healthy man. I've been a runner all my life. I've been an athlete all my life. I ran in high school and college. Like I've never had like a bad diet. I've never like abused drugs. I've never, I mean, I drank in college probably more than most, well, compared to most college students. Yeah. I probably drank about as much people do in college. You're a lumberjack. Yeah. A lumberjack. We have that in common. Yes, my first right. year. I Henry went to Stephen F. Austin in Nacogdoches. I did. Nacogdoches. Yes. <laughs> Tiffany went there for a year and left quickly. She did the See smart ya. thing. <laughs> Gotta go to TCU. <laughs> yes. Go for My parents went to TCU and they still have not let me forget it. That I <laughs> right? did not. You so. stayed purple though. Oh yeah. Purple. Yeah. yeah. So, but about, um, I mean, as you know, but your listeners don't, maybe some of them might not, but two years ago, was it? gosh, in October 2021, two. I went into, sorry, a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. I went to an SCA, sudden cardiac arrest, and my heart stopped. I was sitting on a stool very much like I am now. I was eating banana pudding and drinking a glass of, a bottle of water. It was 3 p.m. on a, 5 p.m. on a Saturday. 
and uh, so I had my phone in my right hand and I was eating because I'm left-handed with my left hand. And I was at a friend's house and I was laughing because they thought I like, so I was watching the video. And so they thought I was laughing at the video, but what I was actually doing was gasping for air. I couldn't breathe. So I was like, I was just, just I doing that. Breathe. And then I just fell off the stool and fell over and my heart just stopped out of nowhere. One minute mm -hmm. I was having a conversation, having a good time. The next minute my heart just stopped. And so I was down for 14 minutes without oxygen. Mm. Yeah. You're normally brain dead after six to eight without oxygen. And, oh, so many questions. Uh, I know. It's just a, a miracle we're having this conversation. It is a miracle that we're having this conversation. And uh, luckily, there was a, a friend of mine. I called her a couple of minutes for like, hey, girl, come get a plate of food. She's like, no, I'm tired. I want to go home. We're like, no, just pack up a plate to go. You don't have to stay. Right? And so Samantha walks in. And she walked in at 526. I went down at 530. She happened to be a nurse and she'd happened to uh, just that day be teach. She was teaching CPR certification classes. And what? so it was just fresh on her mind. So she jumped into action, performed CPR for 14 minutes. CPR is so labor intensive that they tell you to rotate after two minutes. Mm -hmm. And she did it for 14 minutes. Another person jumped in for a little bit for about two, three minutes, helped as well. My friend Christina and uh, the paramedics showed up and I didn't have a heartbeat. I hadn't been getting oxygen. She got my blood flowing with CPR, but there was no oxygen to my brain. And they brought me back out of pulse. And then I flatlined twice in the ambulance. So my heart stopped again. So I had a heart attack, two of them in the ambulance. And then I had three more at the ICU at Methodist in Dallas. Mm -mm. Yeah. And then from there, they intubated me. They put me in a medically induced coma. I was in a coma from a Saturday, October 26th through Tuesday, the 29th. So for three days, I was in a coma. I was unresponsive to stimuli the Sunday and Monday, and they didn't really know if I was going to make it out of the woods. And they were preparing my sister, hey, Henry's not going to make it. My brothers had come in from out of town. All my friends were gathering. My pastor, dear friend, was planning funerals. Do I have to write Henry's eulogy? Do I come in from New York? My parents were trying to make arrangements. We were trying to contact the embassy to get my parents here from Kenya. So my mom, I'm about to start crying. Oh, Lord. <laughs> so I could I bring my it. tissue <laughs> out just in case. <laughs> and, uh, and my siblings were in the hospital parking lot trying to decide, what are we going to do what with this body? My parents were like, inside. what? And so it's just so many crazy things were going on. And then on that Monday night, I started responding to stimuli. My sister asked me to squeeze her hand. I have a twin sister and we're very close. And I squeezed her hand and uh, I started coming too. And then that Tuesday, I got extubated. Monday night, I got extubated so I could breathe on my own with, off the ventilator. And Tuesday afternoon, I woke up. And uh, mm -mm. yeah, and then as you mm -mm. know, I mean, just from following along, just you and I texting throughout that whole ordeal, it's been a whirlwind. And those first, gosh, I mean, that I was in the hospital for 11 days and they didn't know if I could walk. They were, they were like, he might be able to walk again, talk, feed himself, write. They had no idea what was going to happen. Mm -mm. And I was, uh, they got me out of bed that Thursday, so two days after I woke up for physical therapy, I walked down the hallway and back, and they were like, oh, okay, he can walk. Okay. And at one point in time, I was writing something that had me sign some consent forms, not that I could, I was awake, I could consent to things myself. 
And the doctor was like, oh, don't worry, your handwriting, it might take a little while to get better. And I was like, nope, I've always had crappy handwriting. And if you can see, <laughs> my handwriting is, yeah. I was like, no. Nope. Oh, good And great. then they just laughed. And my sister was like, okay, my brother's back. If he's making jokes, like yeah. Henry's back. Of course, <laughs> so. of course. Okay, I want to ask you. Yeah, that uh, was a lot of information. That right, <laughs> that's a lot of information. But I do want to ask you because mm-hmm. I'm curious if many people are thinking what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Um when you're in a coma, mm-hmm. do you remember anything? No. And because uh, you're not really asleep. So you technically, you it's like in between being asleep and awake. So you're not asleep in the sense that like when you lay down at night, you're asleep and you're kind of out and you have dreams and stuff like that. You're just, your body's in a state of limbo and your brain's in a state of limbo. And that also lowered my body temperature. Um, to, yeah, I had cooling blankets all over me to give my body. So they basically stopped all my organs like besides my heart and my brain to give my body a chance to recover. Mm-mm. And yeah, it's wild. But I remember, I feel like I remember being wheeled into ICU and I remember feeling warm and I remember lots of voices around me and that's about it. Next thing I know, last my last coherent memories, I'm eating banana pudding and then I wake up Mm-mm. and I have no idea why I'm in the hospital three days later. Days later. Yeah. And how long was it? Three days. And... So the, your short-term memory, what most people don't know, your short-term memory is wiped when you go into a coma. And so I, every 20 minutes, my brother kept calling me Dory from Finding Nemo because I would forget things. I'd have to like, hey, what happened? Why am I here? What's going on? Can you tell me? And my poor sister. So she would have to relive her trauma and fill me in every 20 minutes or every hour. So she eventually wrote it down on a notepad. And so I could just read it. And I would just read it and cry all over again, like realizing what happened. And, so, Henry, what happens to, and I'm asking you, oh, yeah. I'm, neither one of us are physicians, so, no. and he's going from experience. Yeah. I'm just asking questions <laughs> you might, lot, so. that you might ask. Um, so, you don't remember anything. Could you hear anyone? I mean, was it, was it like a, a you couldn't silence. hear and Nothing. somebody said, squeeze my, squeeze my hand and you And then so she asked, couldn't? yeah, so my sister asked, can he hear me? She said, technically he can since he's not asleep, really. And- wow. But so many people, you see that in the movies, like, if you can hear me, squeeze my hand, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then so I don't remember hearing her, but apparently I did. And so I don't remember hearing my sister. I just, I know the prompt was, if you can hear me, squeeze my hand. Mm -hmm. And I squeezed her hand. So it's crazy. Isn't it fascinating what the human body can do? Fascinating. Yeah. Um, But when you finally did squeeze your sister's hand... Mm -hmm. You heard her then. At that time, you were coming Yeah, once once I came to... I was, I opened, I remember opening my eyes and seeing my sister and then my college roommate was sitting on the other side of my bed. And so I remember that, Mm-mm. but yeah. And so, but it was like the things that happened, like even that Saturday, my timeline was so weird. And like about the month before was wiped. And there's parts of my memory from that time period that I don't have back that probably won't come back. The very small parts, but yeah, mm. I don't remember a lot of details from that. So. Did you, do you recall that Saturday did it hurt? No, but what's interesting, they say that when people have a heart attack, they most often have an impending sense of doom, like something bad is about to happen. And I do remember I walked out of my house and I was getting in my car to drive to Dallas. I was getting in my rental truck. And I remember looking back at my front door and thinking, this might be the last time I do this for a while. What? I remember thinking that. Like, it's so strange. I remember thinking that. And uh, but on that, the pain, I don't like... I didn't feel any pain like when it happened. Um, I don't remember if I did. I don't remember it. And because it's like different from a heart attack. So sudden cardiac arrest, SCA, your heart just stops. 
a heart attack is like you feel constricting, tightness, breathing, maybe shooting pains up and down your left arm, the typical symptoms that are associated with a heart attack. And uh, yeah, I don't really remember feeling any pain. And uh, in that moment, I'm drawing a correlation and I, and I apologize because my, I, I just, my brain, I've lost brain cells, but um, the, the uh, football player, the young Demar man, Hamlin. Yes. And so is that what happened to that's him? Exactly. Oh. So I'm like, Tiffany, it was so insane watching that happen to uh, Mr. Hamlin because all of a sudden I got to watch what all y'all went through. My friends and loved ones did in real time with his heart stopped, his heart stopped, like the exact same thing happened when SCA, he was down. I think his was 10 or 12 minutes. Um, someone performed CPR right away. He was intubated and put in a coma for exactly three days, the same timeline that mine was happening. And so I was, oh, I, I've never prayed that much for a stranger and I've never cried that much for a stranger than I did for Damar Hamlin. Cause like, I felt like I was reliving and finally getting to see what my own trauma had been. And yeah, sudden cardiac arrest, it's not as common, but like, for just the country to see that happen on national television and just to watch his recovery and that whole timeline. And I was just like, I knew what his doctors were going through. I knew what his family members were going through. I knew what he was going through, not in the sense that I'm not him, but like the exact same experience. Yeah, I felt it so deeply for him and I am just so encouraged and so happy that he's making a recovery. Let me ask you this. Uh-huh. So you are an you're an athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, so runner. Yeah. Long distance, short distance. Long distance, long short distance. Yeah, I've been yeah. Okay. My whole life. So. He, Mr. Hamlin as well is yeah. an athlete. He's obviously. 24. He's young, healthy, in great young. shape. Yeah. He's Kennedy's age. Yeah. My daughter's age. Okay. So he didn't have any markers. No. Like you would not think it happens to you, right? I mean, and he yeah. works out like, you know, uh, oh I mean, gosh, he was playing <laughs> yeah. football. He's a professional football player. For so. sure. So, And he gets physicals all the time. He sees doctors regularly. So it's not like he's someone who hasn't been to a doctor or anything, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, heart um, disease and then SCA, they're linked, but they're different. Um, so sudden cardiac arrest, you can go into sudden cardiac arrest for a number of reasons. His happened to be he got hit, the impact happened just at the right place at the right time in the right break of his heartbeat and rhythm. That, so just, yeah. That happened? Wild. Yeah. So that's what happened with him. The impact, the impact to his chest and when he got tackled just happened to hit the right rhythm and the right beat at the right place. And, and but just not with you. That didn't happen. You No, mine to- was sudden cardiac arrest. So I'd been in heart failure. Um, which is, means my heart was not pumping blood throughout mm. my body at the rate it should. Mm-hmm. And so it is measured on a scale of zero to 75, how effectively your heart is pumping blood. It's not on a scale of 100. I don't know why. But um, in most uh, healthy adults function, your heart ejection fraction is between 55 to 75%. And that's considered completely normal and healthy. And mine was pumping at less than 8% when I went to an SCA. So my heart was literally hanging on, barely. I mean, my body was fighting and fighting. And finally, it was like, I can't. Mm-hmm. I just have to give out. My heart just gave out. Mm-mm. Yeah. So did you have any, did you have any warning signs mm. throughout your life? Looking back, I, it's so interesting to you mentioned that because as uh, you were even mentioning about just aging and all of a sudden being a healthy person, but then maybe realizing, hey, my body isn't doing what it would normally used to do or it's, things are changing. And as you look back, it's like, have I been missing signs or there are things I didn't know that paying attention to, I could have, would have signaled or were pointing to this. And looking back, I can say that we're in 2023 now, and that happened in 2022. But looking back, I can look back to 
at least earliest 2019. Mm. And looking back, I was absolutely in heart failure for most of 2019 and I didn't know it. Um, but because I was attributing my shortness of breath to, oh, I'm just getting older. I haven't been running as much. I haven't been working out as much. Like I'm no longer in my twenties or I was at the lot. Yeah. I'm no longer in my twenties. My body can't do what it used to do. I just need to take more rest. So I need to eat better, which are all true things that we should do all the time, all regardless of, of our age. Mm -hmm. But, um, or man, there's a little bit of swelling in my legs. Maybe I just drank too much water or really? uh, yeah. And so, so yeah, swelling is a number one sign of like one of the major signs of heart disease or heart failure. If your body's retaining water, um, or I can't, I'm having trouble breathing. I can't sleep. So I have to like almost sleep propped up because laying down is painful. And, uh, but I was, I was attributing that to, I know my body, I'm young, I'm healthy. I eat right. Like those are all true things, but it's like, sometimes you don't know. And what I've learned through that is listen to your body and pay attention to what your body's telling you because no one knows your body better than you do. And yes, medical professionals are trained, but like nobody knows like, Hey, something is wrong with my body. Your body will tell you far before your brain even realize it. Your body will be trying. My body was trying to tell me mm -hmm. that like, hey, something's not okay. Right. Um, and I just didn't pay attention, didn't think it was important. I was too busy focused on work and all these things. And it's like, I'll deal with it. It's not that big of a deal. It's not that serious. Sure. And then you wake up out of a wake coma up and a you're coma. like, ah. So I mean, it's a little serious, right? Yeah. So when you had that, uh, when you did have the aha moment, mm -hmm. you weren't even the aha when you were in Colorado, right? Yeah. You thought it was the so, yeah, altitude, I, right? Yes. I was texting Tiffany the other night. Um, I couldn't sleep. And so I was going through my Instagram highlight reels for some reason. I found one from a 30th birthday trip that I took to Colorado. And uh, one in one of the stories, I like I was saying in the story, Y'all, I need to get back to Texas because this altitude in Colorado is killing me. I can't breathe. Google had me up till 3 a.m. convinced that I'm going into heart failure. I literally typed that two years before I even like knew. Mm -mm. And so it's just crazy mm -mm. that like my body was like, something's wrong for two years before I went in sudden cardiac arrest. My body was like, you are in heart failure. And like, and they always say, yeah, don't Google things. But I was like, I should have probably followed those Google things and went to a doctor. Do you know what? I just I just had a procedure actually this week. And mm -hmm. um, I told my doctor before when we were going over what's going on with me, um, I told her, I said, I just, I am, I, the internet says, the internet says, but I've been on this website. Mm -hmm. She's like, stop, get off the internet. Yes. Stop it. Because it will, it messes it will with scare your mind. You. Oh, for sure. Get off Google. Go <laughs> just see a doctor. <laughs> just go, go to the source people because yes. I mean, it scared the crap out of me. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, but, but it, but to our credit, we did go. Yes. Some people don't go. go. Some people don't. What yeah. is it about? Not you, not yeah. me, but what is it about men that just won't go? Oh, this is, first of all, men are lazy. Like I'm telling, as a man, I can tell you that men are lazy. Are men are babies. <laughs> men are scared. Like men are scared. It's like, no, you try having a baby. That's hard. Oh, like, come on, but when men are like, when men have colds, we act like it's the end of the world. Like we need to be like mothered when, no, but women literally give birth and go back to work and do all mm -hmm. sorts of reasons. I mean, we just saw Rihanna perform a Super Bowl pregnant. Like, for sure. A man was like, suspended in yeah, the air, <laughs> y'all. Yes. Like, and uh, most of the men are going, gosh, she's gained a little weight. Yeah. It's like, come on, do half of what women and their bodies are doing <laughs> and then let's talk. So, I know, but I yeah, know. I think men just have a fear of not being in control and finding out bad news. And like, I have my brother 
drives me insane. I had to like block his phone number like at some point last year because he was just complaining about something, 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 and he wouldn't go to the doctor. And I was like, you just saw what happened to me. Go to the doctor. And then it turns out he had like an infection in his foot for like months. Ooh. And he finally went. And I was like, you could have lost your foot. Yeah. But like, Ugh. Yeah, it's yeah. it is it's a thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, and women do talk about that. Yeah, <laughs> Greg Blackman. Let me tell you what, baby. Do you have to push him to go? He's a toddler. He just, <laughs> I'm telling you, I love him so much. Genevieve Blackman, rest in peace. But what were you thinking, sister? Oh gosh. I mean, <laughs> but I love him. You know, I love my yeah. husband. So Henry, you were a candidate for a new heart. I was. I woke up from the coma, and there were like you need a heart transplant as soon as possible. And that was a journey we started working towards. So we don't have time in this show to talk about it, but I want to bring you back next week and talk about this because there's a lot of people in your position and you're going to explain that process, the financial burden that it, it <laughs> creates, I mean, and so much more. Yeah. So everyone listen next week as we talk to Henry. And thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Precious. Thank you for having me. I look forward to coming back next week. Absolutely. Everyone follow along at Tiffany C. Blackman on Instagram, Facebook. And hey, again, if you are not subscribe to my YouTube channel, please do so because you get to see all kind of fun stuff, the podcast and so much more. So everyone have a beautiful day and keep being fabulous.